podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, like I've continued to tell you, we're not going to get weak on the bye week. Just going to continue to come on out with strong shows. Whether it was, you know, obviously if you guys didn't catch the post-game show with Pete Smith, the PFF show with John Costco, Mark Sessler rolling on in here for his one-to-month spot, and we were finally uh, get then sit down with Nathan Zagara, which was an absolute blast. Jake Burns joining us here tonight. It's been a little bit for me and Jake, but look, Jake's busy, whether it's the podcast and Browns Film Breakdown, whether it's the work over at Cleveland.com, whether it's the work at the Orange and Brown Report. Jake Burns, buddy, it's been too long. I mean, we communicate, but it's been too long since so we got to sit down and have a meal together like this, bro. Yeah, hey, man, it's like a, we, we're like a fine wine, my friend. We get better with time. So maybe maybe we come together every once in a while, keeps the people pushing that play button for us every now and again. But no, you know me, man. I'm, I'm always lucky to come on, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, you know, as we always say, class of 17, Jay, class of 17. <laughs> that's right, buddy. Um, before we get into this, um, this is one that's just gotten kind of a little bit out of hand. First things first, let's not even really talk about Odell Beckham right now. There's no visions of it happening. And guys, look, for me, I'm going to tell you right off the spot. I am a huge Odell Beckham guy. How I kind of got some legs in this entire whole podcasting Twitter universe was telling everybody throughout the 2014 draft cycle that Odell Beckham was not the best wide receiver in the 2014 class, that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be a star. I literally have an autographed tweet that is like three feet long from Odell Beckham. I love the guy to death. The problem for me is what the compensation you would have to pay for an Odell Beckham. And when you still have holes at left tackle, defensive tackle, you'd like another corner. You'd like another pass rusher. You still have a ton of assets to fill the holes on this team. So, But you're going to lose a lot of that chasing after an Odell Beckham. And that is the issue I have. Um, and if Odell Beckham does one out of New York, just because he's friends with Jarvis Landry, I don't know how that will work out. Friends and money is not a good recipe. Uh, Jarvis, Jarvis Landry's already seeing his reps diminish week in, week out. Odell Beckham comes here, that happens even more. So there's just so much more to this. Love the player. Don't see the fit in Cleveland. Do I think they need a wide receiver? 100% they need another wide receiver. I get it. I understand it. There's no doubt about it. But let's not go major capital into that position because that's not the issue right now. Baker Mayfield could play with five guys who went round six and probably make them all look good as long as they run good routes and get themselves open and catch the ball and throw them to them. But, Jake, uh, this has been a fun one here the last couple of days. Look, Odell Beckham's a great player. But, you know, do you need that guy when you got a guy like Baker? Yeah, I, I don't I, – I see it from everybody's angle. Like, I get, obviously, everything you're saying, Jeff, is pretty – The allure. The allure. Yeah, of course yeah, it, it's Yeah, there. It's, you're spot on. I mean, I get that side of it. Uh, here's what I would see. I would see Odell Beckham as a piece that you kind of put on top of the ice cream sundae that you've made. Bingo. So, like, if you have everything you feel is in place – and as a franchise, you're like sitting at the table, whether it's, you know, the trade deadline in 2019 or even this offseason, if they were hypothetically in that position, you would say, hey, man, what do we need to compete in the playoffs and possibly win a Super Bowl? This is a guy that would be that guy you would think about. Now, um, do I think they need an improved 
effort at the wide receiver position. I think anybody with a set of eyes would agree. Yes, they could get, they could obviously get better. Like there are names this off season to pay attention to that could make them better, whether it's free agency and it's the Tyrell uh, Williams name comes up or, you know, if it's the draft and Nikhil Harry or, um, now, Kelvin Harmon, their names, like they can get better. It's all a matter of how they're looking at it. Like, do they really feel that desperate for a playmaking wide receiver? I think that in, in, in a situation like this, it could work. And I tried to tweet this out today. Like, it could work for Cleveland if they needed it to. Like, they have obvious amounts of cap space. They have certain players that are big-time parts of their offense in rookie contracts for a little while here. They obviously have the ability to move on from Jarvis after next year if they want to move on from him. Yes, they need to address left tackle. How they would go about that, I'm not entirely sure how they would go about that if they lose a first-round pick or two. Um, you know, whether it's – you could – Try to fill it with free agency. You don't need a top, top, top flight left tackle to be good, but you certainly need better than what's been playing here. Now, Greg Robinson has had a nice little two-week run here. He wasn't very good last week. I thought he was much better the week before that. Last week, he was he was serviceable, but he did give up the strip sack that could have resulted in something really crushing, but Baker was lucky enough to recover it and gain some yardage out of it. But, um, you know, with I, I get it. I get both sides. I just don't think it's something that's necessary. Like the price would have to be right, a because you're taking on a lot of money. The sort of draft capital return would have to be. It, it can't be over the top because you're still building here. There still needs to be more depth, and I do think they need some of those other positions. They need to fill another corner. Yeah, we've had some answers, kind of. You know, Terrence Mitchell, but is that a one-year wonder thing? There's some uncertainty. So, like, I get it. I, if I were sitting at the the meetings table, I would say, hey, we need to put up a a board of like positives and negatives and evaluate it as a franchise. Is it worth giving up a first and a, and a third and another first? Like that. That's just something you would have to weigh with based on what you believe your personnel is going to be. But it, it, this is fantasy land. Like. It's just not – I just – I don't see a world where it's happening. I don't see a world where the Giants move on from him, have no other real wide receiver talent, and then have Saquon Barkley and try to plug in a quarterback um, You know, outside of the dead cap ramifications, which there are some dead cap, not as severe as we all think, but there are some. And that would hurt a team like the Giants who are trying to obviously are going to be rebuilding to a large extent. So – um, you know, it's fantasy world. I don't, if that ever happened or ever came to fruition, I would be jaw dropped, stunned that that came to fruition. Um, but you know, he's, he's great. He's awesome. He's one of the best out there that we've, that maybe we've ever seen if he, if he can find the consistency, but, um, yeah, I don't know, buddy. It's fantasy land. I just don't, I just don't think it's going to happen in the real world. I think the, the point you made, that was perfect where he was the last part of the ice cream Sunday. And I equated to when Bill Belichick went out and said, Randy Moss is available? Yeah. Everything here looks or, fantastic. Or Josh Gordon. Or, or, you know, well, I extent, mean, well, jo Josh extent. Gordon was just, hey, I'm stealing a supreme talent for a draft pick I will never use. But when yeah. he went and got Randy Moss, it was, hey, I've got I've got my first 52. All right, I'll take Randy Moss if he's available. Yeah, and, and with know, Josh, the overarching point is like, Okay, well, you know, maybe this guy's a head case. Maybe he's got a lot of things going on. We don't really need him, but hey, man, we could really use one dynamic playmaker on the outside to put us into a suit, you know, over the top in the Super Bowl when we need him. So it's like that line of thinking. It's obviously different because Josh yeah. is making pennies compared to what Odell is making. But yeah, you're, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Well, and the other thing though is he's not even using Josh as a ten reception guy a game. It's like, all right, well, you just bring a, a dynamic to the field when you line up. 
where two or three people are saying, all right, we, we're all making sure we got him. We got him. We got him. And that's where Bill thrives and lives. Guys, you listen to Lockdown Browns, brought to you tonight by mybookie.com. Uh, Jake, obviously we've gotten through some, uh, some things here, but this is where we're going to go. Look, uh, last two weeks, Freddie Kitchens, Greg Williams. I don't want to get into the firings. I'm tired of that talk. Freddie Kitchens, whether you know this is you know, whether it's going to stay with Cleveland or he's building a resume for himself within the league, here's a guy who's shown himself to be open to his players, which in turn is going to come back to them being open to him when he asks for a little bit more. But just what we've seen the last two weeks with the offense, and as, and this is almost where it, it bugs me that people want to bring up a guy like Beckham is the offense has really been humming the last two weeks. Freddie Kitchens is finding where guys are comfortable, and we're, we're getting something out of it. And it, it's looked like a pretty damn good product. Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows you what adequate coaching can do. Like, there's been all of these meetings where um, – or, or not meetings, but the talk of these meetings where Freddie's calling guys in and saying, what five plays do you like? And like, that's cool. Like that's really good. You know, Twitter and social media uh, stake and no sizzle to me. Like I guarantee Todd Haley was talking to Baker and saying, Hey man, what do you like this week? Like that stuff happens in every single coach's meeting between quarterbacks and coordinators. Now, whether he was calling it or not, that's something different. But those things, like, they happen. Like, people catch that little soundbite, and they're like, oh, my God, Freddie Kitchens, what a rocket master. Like, like cool, dude. That's just happening. Like, it's all, it's happening everywhere. But there's no doubt that Todd Haley was not effective on Sundays. Now, whatever the reason for that, I don't know. Maybe he's not as good. Maybe he's falling off the, the – the, the, the modern football path because he was saved a lot by the talent in Pittsburgh. There, there's any you know, myriad of reasons why you could you could come to that conclusion, but there's no doubt that Freddie's been better. Um, but but much like the Hugh talk um, in, in being over that, I'm kind of to the point where it's like Freddie's good, man. Like he's fine, he's serviceable, but but this isn't. They're not they're not breaking the mold here in terms of like schematic wonder, like the, the flex bone stuff or whatever, the diamond stuff, whatever you want to call it in your verbiage. That's cool. Like that stuff's been around a while. It was kind of quirky, kind of fun, but it was also super risky and it obviously bit them in the, in the, in the butt there with the throwback. So, um, you know, like Freddie's fine, but to me, this is what it tells me. Here's adequate coaching. Here's what you can do with adequate coaching. That's fine. I don't see Freddie Kitchens being here long-term. I don't see Greg Williams as the head coach here long-term. So it's like, you know, it's a cool story. It's a nice little subplot for the end of the year. And I hope it, I genuinely hope it launches Freddie Kitchen's career. Like, I hope people see that this guy has a chance to be a coordinator. And he's done fine. I just don't, I, I think they can do so much better in in the big picture and who they bring in. Like, I, if I were them, man, I would I would hire somebody like Jim Schwartz and, and, and attack like Cliff Kingsbury. Throw him a ton of money. Bring him in as the OC. Like, he, there's been rumblings he wants out or Dino Babers. Like, there are some guys you can get that are genuinely really good at, at creating offense like and this is a different tangent that we might get onto we might not but like the, the whole head coach being this college guy like I don't I don't really want that I don't I don't you know everyone's looking for the next McVeigh, the next the next Shanahan but those guys have NFL backgrounds like those guys are, are very rare for, for young innovative guys who have NFL backgrounds so I don't want to rush that concept so like when I'm thinking OC like yeah Freddie's done a nice job he's 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 obviously got the ball out of hand in Baker's hands quickly he's probably tagged some running back throws for him to simplify some things here and there and all that's great but to me it's like you know it's just an adequate coach and this is what this team should have been doing if you took Hugh and Haley out of the equation sooner this is what they should have been doing so um 
yeah, it's a feel good story. Freddie's Freddie's an, he's a great dude. He's got a great story. He's overcome a lot of obstacles. I'm sure he will get an OC opportunity here in the future in his in his career at some point. And this is a really good sort of interview phase for him to be in and he can put some really good stuff on tape with a talented quarterback and um you know show, showing what he can do with a young quarterback. I just don't I just don't foresee him being here long term and I think that there are some really good play calling options out there from a, from a coordinator standpoint. Sorry to get off on a different tangent, but that's, that's just sort of where I'm at. Like, I just think, like, I don't think Freddie's going to be here long-term the same way it's, it's to me. It's like, let's focus on the guys that are going to be here for a long time and how, you know, how they can use those guys in the future and who matches up really well with them kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, unless it was, you know, Bruce Arians, you know, I don't know how it works out, but, but this is what you want, even for young players, young developing players and young developing coaches like Freddie Kitchens, somehow, somewhere, people are going to take notice of what he's doing, and it's going to get him into some sort of gig, and God bless him for it, because, you know, he's shown things here right off the bat, whether it's Duke Johnson, whether it's, uh, we're going to move Baker out of the pocket a little bit more, or we're going to make Baker feel a little bit more comfortable within the pocket, and that's what he's done, and, you know, for a guy who's just getting his first, you know, bites at play calling, like he has been, it shows maybe what was the problem here prior to this. Guys, like I said, this is Locked On Browns. Uh, Jake Brown, uh, Jake Burns is joining us here. Uh, you know, Nice to get back together with Jake. But brought to us tonight by MyBookie.com. Guys, you ask for betting advice. I will always tell you, I will give you my picks. If you want to use them, go ahead and use them. But I will tell you, who you're betting with is almost as, uh, as important as who you're betting on. So MyBookie.com. They've been in business for years. Their online reviews are fantastic. Their mobile site, simple, clean, easy to use. I would only recommend somebody to you guys who has been good to me in the past. Don't place a lot of bets, but if I do, I'm going to use MyBookie.com. It's simple. You win, they pay. You lose, they take. It is that simple. They have in, uh, in-game, live betting, over-unders on uh, fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Guys, with MyBookie.com, if you register after 7 p.m. Eastern, because they are currently slammed with people trying to bet with them. And guys, they are a good business. They sponsor over 37 NFL shows on the Lockdown Network. Shows they have staying power. So register them after 7 p.m. Eastern. They will give you a free $25 when you create your account. If you go ahead and when you make your initial deposit, as always with them, they will match it 100%. So do it after 7 p.m. Eastern. You'll get your deposit met 100% and a free $25. Use the promo code capital L, capital O, locked on 25. It is just that simple, guys. They're one of the best in the game. MyBookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com, MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Jake, we are going to move forward here. Um, there are some talks about you know coaches and stuff like that. I have a lot of stuff here from listeners. One that came in early, Jabril Peppers. You know, obviously, Jake, we both watched the All Twenty Two. Jabril Peppers. I, I think he's a little bit misunderstood from the fan standpoint. Me personally, I think he's pretty solid in what he does as long as you keep him within ten line, ten yards of the line of scrimmage. But Jabril Peppers is slowly finding his way. Key, key hit on the freaking goal line last Sunday. Was able to kill that drive, honestly, with the fourth down stop. It was just a great job by these guys. But Jarrell Peppers is one of these younger guys finding his way in a more comfortable role. Yeah, I think that um, that, that really what you wanted from Jabril Peppers when you brought him in, I think everybody probably envisioned him being a little bit like um, 
uh, Minka Fitzpatrick in a way. This this past draft class, a uh, uh, slot corner safety, everything hybrid he is that he is in Miami, and like that's what everybody wanted him to be. Like he could play linebacker, he can do X, you know, he can do slot corner, he can do uh, single high safety, he can do all these things, and it's just not who he is. Like I think he's just going to be a niche player. Like he can be um, somebody you play 45, 50 snaps a game, like you said, down near the box. Um, you know, bring him, bring him to cover tight ends, um, in, in situations where a tight ends on the field and you know, a tight ends on the field and you need man to man, uh, with him, you can play him in too high every now and again, and he'll be serviceable to find. Uh, but he's, he's dynamic. He should be down near the box. He should be, he should be brought to set an edge in run game. He can, he can blitz in passing situations when you want to get creative with him. Like he's a Swiss army knife down near the box. Like that's who he is. He's not as somebody you can put on uh, a single high safety and really feel super comfortable with. He's not somebody that you can have cover, you know, speed guys. Like I remember last year they tried to play him in the slot covering friggin' AJ green early in the year. And he just toasted him to the back left. Like that's just not who he is. Like he can't play those guys. And that's not, it's not a big deal. Like it's cool. They can, they can find ways to make it work. But I think as long as you keep him closer to the line, you play him in big nickel situations where he's almost a linebacker anyway, in the, in a four, two, five setup, then he's going to be good. Like he's a niche player that can do his role and he can do it well. He's getting more comfortable in the game. The speed of the game is, is working better for him now. So yeah, I'm happy. He's a Brown man. Like the, 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 that role for him is perfect. They shouldn't. We shouldn't expect more. I don't expect more. And hopefully, Greg Williams can keep putting him in those positions where he's best suited to play. And that was one of the things, though, where you when you get him comfortable, and we've seen some plays where he's actually played a little cover too, and he's able been doing something. So, and this also goes back to with what Freddie Kitchens. When you ask these guys, you know, further, you know, approval, which means you're putting them in a position. I mean, their input, sorry, not their approval. But you're putting them in positions where they know they feel they can succeed, and they do. That's when you can come back with the, hey, this is where I'm going to need you to do something a little bit outside of your realm of normal. And this is where Jabril Peppers, he's shown it a couple times in cover two. He can play cover two in the red zone because he's always got that hitting ability. And that's what you do. I mean, you find a way to get them comfortable and then slip in a little, hey, I need a little more for me here in this. And, yeah. and it works. It's just good coaching. It's just good football. Uh, another one we have here. Um, now, it's gotten interesting. I mean, obviously the last two weeks, look, after the Pittsburgh game and the firings, it was like, man, where are we headed from here? Last two weeks, you know, some positivity, obviously, to say to lose by two touchdowns to Kansas City Chiefs. That's kind of the norm right now. Most teams are losing to the Kansas City Chiefs by two touchdowns. Win the Atlanta game. Now, you go into the final six games and where this question comes into, how winnable is this down the stretch? Two with Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati today, if the season was over, makes the playoffs. To me, they don't smell or even look close to what a playoff team would look like. Carolina, Houston, uh, Baltimore again. And just uh, six games here. And look, I'm not about draft position now. You have the quarterback. You're not worried about that. How winnable are these next six, Jake? I mean, with the product based on we've seen the last two weeks. Yeah, I think think they... You know, Cincinnati's been playing so poorly defensively that anybody can beat Cincinnati at this point. I mean, their linebackers are, are so beat up. Yeah, I think even you talk to some of their guys who who work closely with it, uh, with that team, they don't feel good about it either. So yeah, they're five and four and they're winning division games and they feel good about. It. Like I just, I just think they're very beatable. So if you get one of those games, you get one of, um. 
you know, the Texans or Broncos games, if you can steal one of those, those teams are beatable. Like the Texans have obviously reeled off some wins, but they're beatable. They have a really good front, but their their offensive line is absolutely terrible. So you can find ways to beat the Texans. There's a route to beating them. The Panthers, you know, I got to see they got their bell rung and brought back down to earth by Pittsburgh. So um, I, I just I, I mean, I know it's crazy. I, I, I don't see a ton of games on the end of the schedule where it's like we have no chance to beat that team. We could obviously lose all six, Jeff. Like, it's of course, a, it's, always, it's always a thing, but we're not I mean, there no, yet. <laughs> oh, God, no. We're, we're feeling good going into games on that. I don't know. It's going to take me a while to be there. But I do think that, the, you know, the Bengals situation. The, the added fire of Hugh Jackson going back there, they'll play hard those two games. I think they can get one. They can get one or two of the three against the Panthers, Broncos, Texans. And really, Week 17, Baltimore could be in a real tizzy as a franchise. Like, um, yeah, I just said the word tizzy. But anyway, Baltimore could be <laughs> upside down because they could fire it fired or can be really close to firing Harbaugh at that point. So it's a full month and a half away. We don't know where they'll be at the end of the year just from, like, Excuse me. Just from where their their franchise is right now, seems to be all out of sorts with Flacco injured, and uh, Robert Griffin III was the only quarterback practicing this week for a day or two there because Lamar Jackson was sick. So I don't know, man. I don't look at any of these remaining six and think we have no shot of winning them. I think two or three is feasible. You go, you you win six games this year. What would you go six nine and one? Um, you know that that'd be really good. They can win five or six. That's the sort of like progress. And if I'm a head coach looking at this job. I would think, okay, that team won five or six games. Even if they only won five, I think that team won five games with that coaching staff. Let me get my guys here. I'm probably going to be a plus four in the wins above replacement. I'm coach of the year. Like that. that I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to really weigh it out. Like, um, obviously, I'm coming into the Jimmy Haslam tornado, and that always sucks. But you know, you could also think of it as I got a pretty good roster here. I could really win nine games, ten games. And all of a sudden, I'm a hero in the city of Cleveland in year one. All of a sudden, I'm coach of the year with with what could you know? All it took was just average coaching, just really sound coaching covering all the aspects. So I would like to see them win a few games here to end the year to make this job even more appetizing for a coach uh, coming in, um, you know, at the top of the list or whatever. However, that shakes out. So I think two or three, five or six wins is is sort of that number. I think they'll get to. I think the most important thing is to win one more home game which gives you a 4-3-1 record at home. You need you know everybody coming in to First Energy week in, week out, feeling mm-hmm. that, hey, if we play here, we got a shot. You need a road win in the worst possible way. And you've got a bunch of opportunities here. Get a road win where these guys can walk off wearing white, feeling really good about themselves, and knowing that they've already knocked that. At, I mean, because that's what it is with all these guys, 25 and younger. They need to have, you know, get the notches on the belt. I don't care what game it is. Win a stinking road game. These guys will feel better about each other and, and feel that that's just one more rung of the ladder that they've gotten to. And if it only comes to five wins, if it is six, whatever, seven, I mean, draft position at this point doesn't matter. There's enough here. You just got to go ahead and continue to put a couple of places around the table. So none of that matters. But just go ahead. Get one win on the road. Get that fourth win. At home, just get it done because that's what these guys need to feel confident in this city where the Cavaliers are, you know, struggling and finding their way. The Indians may strip it apart. It's going to be a brown city. Just it's where it's headed. It's just the way it's going to be architectured. 
it's going to be a brown city. Now, here's another one. Um, Kitchens with Baker, uh, Greg Robinson, obviously playing left tackle the last two weeks. And guys, look, I mean, I'm going to answer part of this right now. Greg Robinson hasn't been great. Um, and it's a question of whether it's Greg Robinson or it's Freddie Kitchens as far as why the offense has been a little hum a little bit better. But go ahead, Jake. It's not been Greg Robinson. It's not. <laughs> no. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. Like it's um it's it's certainly so you cut out there, you're asking about Greg Robinson, uh sort of his future. At left tackle. I'm sorry, Jeff, you yeah, cut out that, a little bit. That's where they kinda of put it at. It was like, you know, is is Greg Robinson the difference the last two weeks oh, or is it Frank no, Kitchens? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you you answered that yourself pretty much. He he obviously gets the ball out. I mean and Baker's done better too. They're getting the ball out quicker. I think I mean I, I do think that Greg has been fine. Like for the Greg, most part, Greg he's been has been better than Desmond Harrison. Yes. That, that doesn't mean we're getting a left tackle play just yet though. Almost a corpse could have really done that. I mean I Desmond <laughs> had some good games early in the year, but he that game against Pittsburgh was was just as bad a left tackle game as I've really if ever seen. If you drag a guy down, it, dude, it was five yards deep. It was multiple times, too. But yeah, yes, and the, the, and the safety. safety. And the I mean, it was five yards deep. How do you not realize where you are? Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And he was just oblivious on the, on the, the quick screen to the outside where he tackled somebody and then yep. – had another full-on legitimate tackle on a pull play on the right hash, like so. You know, I, I, Greg's been fine. He just has to be okay. Like he, if he can continue to just be okay, he has a six-game audition. Like, has he been the answer the last two weeks? No, he he hasn't been the full picture, but he's a small ingredient in what's been a better recipe. So that helps. But he has six games to put good film on tape. You know, to um, you know, to to to, to audition for that role. If he plays well the last six games of the year, I'm sure they'll really consider. This guy being a part of things, and, and we've talked about this, Jeff. It's been a make or break year for him. He spent time with the Charles Bentley. Like he's, he's, he knows that. So maybe you know he can keep he can keep his head on his shoulders. He's moving well. He's running well. He's he's doing things well enough. He has technique breakdowns every now and again. I just think he loses a little bit of mental uh, stability there every now and again too. But uh, you know, it's six games, buddy. Make or break. If you do well, you might have a shot to come back here and keep this job. I mean, I, I'm, I, God, I'd imagine the Browns are pulling for it. They can. Keep him on an affordable contract. He's still relatively young, um, you know. So the, the Browns want it, and he's got every opportunity to do it. So I'm pulling for the guy, just like I know you are. And um, if he if he figures it out, I'd be happy. It got figured out in Cleveland. That's for dang sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's your potential right tackle. I still think left tackle needs to be addressed. And part of this question, whether it was a Greg Robinson or Freddie Kitchens, is Freddie Kitchens has realized I'm not going to run these long developing pass plays. And that's because Baker Mayfield has the quick anticipation where you you can get away with it. But this is why you need a better tackle position. And it may be left and it may be right, guys. But if you want to run the longer developing pass routes where you're going 35, 50 at a clip, you need better tackle play. You can't have edge rushers getting to Baker Mayfield within less than two and a half seconds because you do not be have the time to run these long and it wouldn't matter if it was Odell Beckham hell it wouldn't matter if it was Jerry Rice if you want these big chunk plays you need consistent pass pro and that's not where you're getting right now from the tackle position guys so we're going to take it on a little bit further here and we've got a, we've got a bunch of responses for this so you know me and Jake getting together maybe it's better we spread these out a little bit because you guys have brought a ton of great questions here uh, I see Stephen Thomas's question, and I'm going to have to scroll past that one because I'm not sure about the <laughs> flux capacitor. Love you, Steve, but I'm not sure about that one. 
<laughs> it's just Stephen being Stephen. Um, this is one for me now, and this came from another one. Um, what do you feel is this team's biggest need? Guys, you know darn well, after all that went on with Twitter today, it's not wide receiver. But he was actually nice enough to phrase it, whether it was left tackle or it was defensive tackle. Jake, I'll let you start with this one. I think that those two are probably equal. I think that they have proven to themselves that they don't trust the rotation up front. And even though they rotated a little bit more, the guys that they rotated more were Zettle and Chris Smith, who are in outside guys or edge rushers. So I think that they definitely... Price, actually, Price played a lot of snaps, yeah, too. So, right, but it's good. Right. I mean, but maybe it was sort of the game fell into their lap, and they said, you know what? Now these guys can get a half-game rest, Miles, Larry, and such, and then go into the bye. So they were kind of getting less reps that they've ever seen the entire season and also getting two weeks off. I mean, it was probably the way the game was dictated. I still think Greg with a gun to his head, if the game's on the line, Miles Garrett's going to be out there until he's you know out cold. That's just the amount of reps he's going to make him take. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, but my problem has been that they, that they ended up cutting – uh, some interior guys or trading some interior guys, obviously Danny uh, and and letting Jamie Meter go. And I get the, per- I got it. I get the reason they did it, but they left themselves really thin and Trevon Coley has been pretty bad this year. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're rotating Coley and then you're, you're, you're bringing in, um, you know, they, they just, they just, hell, they just signed him and they don't trust Carl Davis up front. And like they, they're thin. I, I what to the original question they need to get somebody whether it's a big signing up front in the interior or it is a uh um, a drafted player in the d-line they have to attack it one of their first two picks and then you know they they do need a tackle um with as it as you know it, with tackle it always comes down to is he worth where we're looking to pick this tackle kind of thing i'm not sure it's a, it'll all shake out. I, to be honest, Jeff, I haven't studied much. I'm really saving all of my studying prospects for when the season's over because it's so busy. Uh, I know the kid from Alabama is a nice left tackle prospect. There's a kid from Ole Miss. Uh, I can't remember his name. Greg um, Little. Yeah, there's there's some names. Irony. Like, Irony. Yeah. Yeah, irony and in, indeed. If they could get Greg Little and then the Metcalf, how's he doing? Is he? Is he? Apparently, the, apparently, the story is he's gonna you know go through the injury process and stay at Ole Miss, which. Just sucks. I mean, you know, it does suck. Um, no, I got off on a tangent there, but yeah, they need those two positions. I think they need a tackle uh, that they can trust, and then they obviously need a D line uh, player too. And you know, they can get by with drafting corners later on. They they do need a linebacker, in my opinion. And it, it, with linebacker, it's always you know the Darius Leonard types. Can you get them in the second, third, or fourth round? And um, that's that's the type they really need. Like they need an outside. Joe Schobert's obviously locked in man in the middle. They better re-sign him soon, extend him, whatever. Um, but yeah, they got the middle lockdown. But I, I, Christian Kirksey is. I love the guy. He's been here for the longest on the roster. He's been really bad this year, like really bad when he was playing. And he doesn't get talked about being really bad, but if you watch it closely, he's been worse than Jamie Collins bad. So uh, and you know how I feel about Jamie Collins and his off-and-on motor and where he's going to be as a future player in the league. Uh, they need linebacker help too. It's it's going to be what prospects meet with what area they're picking kind of thing. So a uh, wide receiver, yeah, if you could get a second, third, fourth-round wide receiver that you you know, or you can sign somebody uh, that, that can contribute, you just need to be good enough. You need to be good enough at wide receiver. I think they can get better. Um, but you could you, you can draft somebody like we said second third round they're going to be really good prospects in that second third round again if you can get Harmon from NC State's a good a good prospect 
Uh, I've heard plenty of people that I respect talking about him and, um, you know, just, just don't reach. They got some positions they need to take. Just make sure that it's not a reach when they're trying to fill those positions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, for me, well, first off, Harmon, Jersey boy. So, you know, I'm always there with that. Um, but with, I think the best, you know, bet as far as where you're going to be picking in the first round, it's going to be something defensive line. Now, you could always put Agba inside for some... But keep in mind, if Gennard Avery is going to the defensive line, where he should be, you draft somebody there, now you're 5-6 deep. And you have guys who can rotate. Miles Garrett, nickel dime, can play inside. Agba, whatever, can play inside, outside. You can rest Larry Ogunjobi. I think your best bet draft-wise in the first round is going to be something defensive line. Whether it's pass rusher, whether it's an interior guy, that is going to be your best bet. Um, it looks like Williams right now from Alabama, he's going to be off the board well before the, the Browns selection. So you're going to have to figure some out at left tackle, and you're going to have to figure it out because you need somebody. If you want to put Greg Robinson, Harrison, and even you know Hubbard all in a, a match together and say, guys, figure it out, fight each other to death, somebody's going to be the right tackle, I'm fine with that. But you need to improve the left tackle position. Guys, Lockdown Browns here with uh, Jake Perns. You know, going through where we are, obviously, you know, in the bye week, what we've seen the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, after the coaching changes, you know, look, a lot of positives. I know it seems weird with the record, but this young nucleus is really, really making it happen. Chris Manning is going through the same thing covering the Cavaliers, and I feel bad for him because it's a calendar year for me in the same spot that Chris Manning is covering the Cavaliers. But he's doing a good job, guys. Listen, four or five shows a week. Cavaliers, you get post-game shows, you get you know practice breakdowns. Chris Manning's doing a great job. Locked on Cavs, guys. Go ahead, put it in the rotation. Jake, we're going to close with this. Um, what do you want to see over the next six weeks? Um, we've gotten to see Nick Chubb, you know, finally. And it, it's been it, it's been really good. And Jarvis Landry, Brashard Paraman, and Callaway, Ratley, who are some guys you're looking to step up step up over the next six weeks and some guys that may, you want to say, okay, these are guys that I've put into 2019 plans going further? Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to see – you want to see Baker Mayfield keep playing well. Uh, he's going to have bumps in the road still, and things are going to happen. But you want to kind of see him continue to trend more vertical than 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 downward. Um, uh, you know, you Callaway's been getting better of late. He's been fine. You want to keep seeing him, you know, stretch the field, make catches on slants, and run away from people. Dude, stuff that he does Nick, well. When he pointed to the inside for Nick Chubb on that long ass run, yeah. that was. But you saw like, okay, there's. For me, it was cerebral, which is rare for him. I mean, you it just was a yeah. football mentality. Yeah. Like, I get what's going on. Yeah, that was good to see, and that's what you know. You want to see that. You want to see uh, they're putting Gennard in a really hard spot. Like his pro football focus grades have fallen off lately because I don't think he's a very good coverage linebacker. It's never going to be who he is. He's a Russian. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's, of course. He is. El- he's Elvis Doomerville. But I much like about this guy, the entire off season, I wanted that type of guy who was just yeah. a straight rusher. And he can play it, you know, like goal line and stuff like that. But the coverage aspect is not there. Yeah, and and, and that's okay. Like much it's like absolutely, it, it worked out with pick. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, much like with Jabril Peppers, where we all dogged him, and he and he really wasn't very good at the single high safety spot. Like that didn't it, it didn't help him, but it did help him in the long term 
see how plays progress, see what the safety behind him is seeing, get a better feel for how things work from a bigger picture. And I think that will help Gennard as well. If if they do ask him to drop into coverage on random occasions, which they were doing even when he was more Russian in status, they would ask him to drop here and there and take things away. Like This will help him develop in the long run. And in seasons like this where it doesn't matter all too much because you're not really going anywhere, that's okay. So like I want to see Gennard get some edge pressure, continue to get snaps down there um you want to see which tackles are going to be long-term pieces if either of them are going to be um you want to see denzel stay healthy and that's really the big picture for me everybody stays healthy no like late no year acl tears no yet. rehabs none yeah, so whatsoever like, the big names, the Ogbas, the the Garretts, the Schoberts, the uh, Larry Joby guys who are big key parts of this team. The biggest part for me is staying healthy above and beyond. The young guys who you brought in here and have been staples here continuing to get better. I want to see David Njoku keep playing with confidence. Yeah, he's been targeted less and less the last few games, but that's a byproduct of situational football. But he's making nice hand catches, which I like to see. The ball and the dig over the middle last week was really oh nice. God. Hit him in the gut and it stuck and he made the play and he he's I just need to keep seeing him. He's still young, still twenty two, work continue to work and work. And the good part about him is just like last year, he started a little slow, but he's getting better and better as the year goes on. That's always good to see. Guys who peak later in the season are what you want. So yeah, I mean stay healthy. Young guys keep progressing. Uh, continue to get better and continue to, you know, win a game on the road, get that confidence that we can pack our bags, go on the road, travel and, and win games and win a couple and, and go into the offseason feeling really good about yourself, get a culture changing coach and we're cooking with grease, man. Exactly. And, and you just want to keep it going because it, it doesn't have to do with Kitchens. It doesn't have to do with Greg Williams. Look, whatever scenario is going to be written for those two guys, it, it's more important about the players and that they have the confidence that they go out with each each other week in week out and they're going to play 60 minutes of football there's been a couple of bumps in the roads obviously chargers game steelers game obviously come to mind but these guys seem to have each other's back and you if you needed any more evidence of that it was after the nick chubb 92 yard touchdown round these guys are just with it and they're going to go to work together every day and everybody's going to do everything that's asked of each one of them individually, week in, week out, to be the best product that this Cleveland Browns franchise can put out You know, going forward. And that is what you're looking for at the end of the day. And it has been a long time since you've seen this with this franchise. For Jake Burns, guys, Browns Film Breakdown, the podcast over at Blue Wire. Jake is doing a fantastic job breaking it out into something that's a little bit different for him, Jake. But don't worry about it. You're going to be okay, buddy. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it, bro. That's definitely for sure. Um, obviously going to dominate the uh, Twitter timeline on Mondays with all the uh, film breakdown. Uh, all the work over at the OBR, over at Cleveland.com. Guys, Jake and I are tight. And see him have all the success. I love it. And the best part is it's all about Miss Kelves, Prince Porter. That's what it's all about, guys. This is why we do this stuff. It's providing and just doing something that we take. It. And the other thing is, Jake. We work all day long to get to do something and be rewarded for it that we actually like. That's the fun part, dude. Yeah, you're right, man. It's a grind. It's a weekly grind, but we've been lucky enough to be given uh, platform opportunities that have been great, man. So, um, you know, always, always love coming on. Uh, been a been a fan of, since day one, brother. Oh, dude, you know, we got each other. Class 17, as always, guys. 
So guys, go ahead and make sure you follow Jake Burns and all his fantastic work. Make sure you listen to the podcast. The Locked On Browns Twitter account, go ahead and follow it. Guys, iTunes rating and reviews. Jake needs them. I need them. Go ahead. Five stars. Drop a written review. Help us out here. We appreciate it. As for me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, go ahead and follow the account. Guys, uh, it's been fun on the bye week. We've had a really good week here. Um, look, between August, between September, between October, between November, so far, you guys have been fantastic. I'm going to continue to bust my butt to give you guys the best coverage you want because, look, you guys have been that good to me. Until we talk the next time, guys, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.